Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. On April 20th, 1977, Harriet Carr came home to find her husband, Ted, dead on the floor of their garage. He passed away from carbon monoxide poisoning, as did three other people who were trapped in the trunk of his car. Harriet could not believe what she'd found, as she never had any reason to believe that her husband was up to no good. How many more victims could have fallen prey to Ted Carr? Before we get into today's video, I just want to ask a really quick favor of you guys. If you're liking these videos that I've been putting out, please take just a second to click that notification bell that's right beside the subscribe button below this video. This will ensure that you'll always know about any new uploads I post as soon as they go live, because for some reason, YouTube's notification system seems to be rigged against me or something, and many of you guys are not getting informed about new videos that I put out. So if you wanna stay up to date, please take just a moment to click that little bell, but let's get on with the video. So this story was compiled by The Bones of Autumn on Reddit. So if you like what you hear today, be sure to head over to their Reddit page and follow them for more stories like this one. On April 20th, 1977, at around 4.30 a.m., Harriet Carr, who lives in Indianapolis, Indiana, noticed her garage door was slightly ajar and went to investigate. She entered the garage to find her husband, 62-year-old Melvin Ted Carr, dead of carbon monoxide poisoning. Harriet rushed inside to turn off the still-running car, only to discover that her husband wasn't the only one in the garage. In the open trunk of Ted's car, Harriet saw three more bodies, a woman, a teenage girl, and a very young boy. As Harriet ran screaming from the garage, neighbors called the police. The three bodies found in Ted's trunk were identified as 24-year-old Karen Nils, her two-year-old son, Robert, and a 17-year-old girl named Sandra Harris. All three were killed by carbon monoxide poisoning, and it was pretty quickly determined that both Karen and Sandra had been sexually assaulted. Police also located a 25 caliber revolver in Ted's pocket, and they also noted that Ted was carrying a handkerchief. A vacuum cleaner hose was found leading from the car's tailpipe towards the trunk of the car. The evidence painted a very clear picture of what had happened. Ted had abducted the three victims, sexually assaulted the two women, then ordered them into the back of his trunk at gunpoint. He then proceeded to drive his car into the garage, inserted one end of the hose into the tailpipe and the other into the trunk. He then closed and locked the trunk and left his victims to die. When Ted went to confirm that his victims were dead, he used the handkerchief to cover his own face and opened the trunk, but Ted's makeshift mask proved to be no match for the large amounts of toxic gases that had now filled the trunk and the entire garage. And in a bizarre twist of fate, he succumbed to the fumes himself. So who was Ted Carr? Melvin Ted Carr was no stranger to Belize. In October of 1947, Ted was arrested after he'd kidnapped two hitchhikers. The hitchhikers were a husband and wife and told police the twisted tale of what Ted had done to them. The woman told police that after picking the pair up, Ted drove them to a secluded location where he ordered them at gunpoint from the vehicle. He then proceeded to handcuff the male hitchhiker to a trailer hitch and sexually assault the female hitchhiker before letting them both go. The charges against him for the crime would later just be dropped. In early 1971, 
Ted was convicted of swindling an elderly blind woman out of her life savings. After giving Ted her power of attorney, he left the handicapped 81-year-old widow with only $30 in her savings account. Shortly after, he was suspected of forcing a young girl to commit a sexual act for him, claiming that he would do far worse things to her if she refused. He was never charged for this crime either. Later that same year, Ted received five years in jail after he took a 14-year-old girl to Mexico for what police described as immoral purposes. While in prison for the crime, correctional officers discovered several hand-drawn maps of the interior of both the elderly woman and the 14-year-old girl's homes. The maps also included Ted's plans to kill both of them. Ted was released after serving just three years of his five-year sentence. He was also a suspect in another case that has still not been solved. In February of 1967, it was discovered that Lois Williams, a 35-year-old divorcee, and her 17-year-old daughter, Karen, had gone missing. Lois's father had last heard from his daughter and granddaughter back in January of that year. He called the police to perform a welfare check, and police noted that Lois's house was spotless and nothing appeared to be missing, not even the jackets that Lois and Karen should have been wearing that day. A missing and endangered persons report was issued for both of them. Lois apparently knew Ted Carr very well. Ted owned and managed a service station where Lois would frequently take her car for repairs. It was also rumored that both Lois and her daughter had a sexual relationship with Ted, but this has never been completely proven. On the evening that Lois was last seen, a neighbor and co-worker of Ted's named Calvin Campbell witnessed Lois and Karen leave the gas station in Ted's car. Hours later, he returned alone and angry, telling the co-worker that he was mad at Lois, who he claimed had gone into a bar and then refused to leave. Ted ordered Calvin to close the shop, and he did so. The following morning, Calvin was readying for work, and Ted's dad came across the street yelling that Ted had been beaten and robbed. Calvin found Ted on the ground, seemingly dazed, incoherent, and bloody. And Ted told Calvin a story of how someone had mugged him outside of the service station, but insisted that Calvin not call the police. Calvin went inside to check if anything had been stolen from the business. Nothing was missing, but Ted's car, the same one he was driving the night before, was on a lift. It had been cleaned with a pressure washer inside and out, with particular focus on the trunk. Calvin quit his job at the service station immediately. It seems like he knew something was definitely wrong. Calvin's wife, Maureen, believes that she was almost the victim of Ted's as well. She said one night, Ted informed her that he was going to the hospital because he was having some trouble breathing. Later that night, and while Calvin was working at his new job as a night janitor, Ted called her from the supposed hospital and asked that she check to see if he'd left the shop door open, claiming that he feared for the safety of his tools that were still inside. At this point, Maureen and Calvin had both been informed of Ted's dark past and the suspicion that surrounded him by police. So she decided to not go. It was later discovered that Ted had been at the hospital that evening, but a nurse discovered he'd vanished from his room and never even bothering to check out. Hours before the phone call to Maureen was made, another neighbor reported seeing his car parked a block away from the shop that evening. Maureen thinks that Ted used the landline he had in his shop and believes that this was a failed attempt by Ted at kidnapping her or worse. Early into the disappearance of Lois and Karen, Police searched Ted's garage and found personal papers belonging to Lois in a suitcase, but no other evidence could be discovered, and police didn't believe they had enough evidence to actually charge him with the crime. 
However, after the bodies were discovered in Ted's garage, the investigation into Lois and Karen's disappearance was resumed. After a bit of a battle with Ted's widow, Harriet, police began excavating his yard and basement and his garage floor where fresh patches of cement had just been laid down. Unfortunately, investigators were unable to locate Lois or Karen's remains. Bones were discovered in the backyard, but they turned out to be animal bones, and the investigation just stopped there. Some investigators believed that they weren't allowed adequate time to fully search the property. Ted was well known as an excellent craftsman and had completely remodeled his basement shortly after both Lois and Karen had disappeared. Some investigators believe that the pair's remains are still inside the house somewhere perhaps in a wall or buried underneath the basement, which in my opinion seems more likely. Lois's father had believed for quite some time that Ted was responsible for her disappearance. He wrote to Ted while Ted was incarcerated. In the letter, he said, quote, I never did trust you. Those poor girls did no harm to a soul on earth. The suffering for them has passed. They're in God's heaven. But what about you, Ted? Have you thought about your own death and what lies beyond? I can't imagine what your punishment will be. Unfortunately, Lois's father passed away without ever getting any real closure, as Karen and Lois's remains were never found. Ted's former home is still standing today, meaning that there is a large possibility that there are bodies hidden deep within the walls of the home or in the foundation. The honest truth is, it's unlikely that the home's current owner, or pretty much any future owners, will allow officers to thoroughly search the property to the extent that they would need to. For the moment, the disappearance of Lois and Karen remains completely unsolved. We also don't know how many other victims Ted may have been responsible for, as his wife was blissfully unaware of what he'd been doing all along behind her back. It's safe to say that the horrors that Ted committed will likely haunt the town of Indianapolis for many years to come. But that's the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. If you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But I've been Ty Knott, you guys have been lovely, and I'll catch you in the next video. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.